All right. We, I think we're on. We yeah, count. we are. I was going to talk and you started talking. Okay, go ahead. But I'm supposed to do the intro. Right. So welcome to H&B Conversations with Cosmo and Rivka. Hey, that was good. Man. I know. And That's what I was going to do. And then you're like, all right. And of course, this is Sunday. Yes. So you know what today is? Sunday. Yes. Yes. But you know what else it is? What? Oh, it's Happy Father's Day. Oh, That's you right. remember. I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, we celebrated our Father's Day yesterday. So Right. Right. Because right. the kids Because the kids will be at camp, so we did a whole family day then, yesterday. So I, that's why I forgot. And Antonio and Emma will be uh, spending Father's Day with Emma's dad. Yeah, yeah. which is great. Yeah. But for all of you other dads out there. Ha- happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Can you say that in a different language? Happy Father's Day? Yeah. Can you? No. Okay, why are you asking <laughs> Because you're me? the one that does the different languages. I do thing. hello. Yeah, well. I do hello. I didn't say I speak well, I just wanted all these to other be languages. Impressed. I wanted happy, to... let's see, Hara. Hara is happy in Greek. So Hara Patera Hayom, that's Greek and Hebrew. Hebrew kinda... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh yeah. Well you would say you you would say uh Yom Haav Sameach. Well, I'm sure that everybody who only speaks Hebrew that listens to the podcast really appreciates yeah. that. Day of the Father. Rejoice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So welcome, everybody. Happy Father's Day. And um, Antonio, do you have a question for us to Wait, be- wait, wait. What? Oh. I have to do the hello. What? So you wanted me to say Happy Father's Day in another language, but you don't remember how to, that I need to say hello? That's, I, I forgot. Okay. So the, the word today is in Aramaic, and it's very close to Hebrew, but it's not Hebrew. It's Aramaic, and it's the meaning of peace. So Aramaic for hello, they say shlama. So like in Hebrew, you would say shalom, but in Aramaic, you say shlama. 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 Now, Aramaic is a member of the Semitic branch of the Afro-Asiatic language family, that originated among the Armenians, no, Arameans, Arameans, not the Armenians, the Arameans in the ancient region of Syria. It is a 3,000, it has a 3,000 year old history and is still spoken by small groups of people in different parts of the Middle East. That's correct. And do you actually know that, um, that two, well, one and a half books of the Bible are written in Aramaic? That's They're not in great. Hebrew. Wow, which the, ones? The second half of the book of Daniel, beginning in Daniel chapter 7. Mm-hmm. So Daniel 7 through 12 is in Aramaic. Why do you think that is? Well, uh, I'll tell you. I know. Uh, and then the other book would be uh, the book of Esther. Right? Okay. Now, both of those, if you think about um, Daniel was in Babylon. Right. Right. So when you're talking about, um, and then, of course, uh, Esther, Hadassah, she was in uh, in Susa, so they're in exile, mm-hmm. and so the more uh, the the language that was used there was that they was written in Aramaic. By the time of Yeshua, Aramaic was the more commonly spoken language, um, even in in Israel, and okay. so there are old Aramaic versions of the Bible. And it still doesn't explain to me why it's half in one language and half yeah, in the other. Yeah, well, it's, well, well, it's interesting though. That if the the first the first six books of Daniel are sort of the are the things that everyone 
those are the things that you learn growing up in, you know, all the stories. That's where you have Daniel in the lion's den. You have the, you know, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all of that. The back end of Daniel is the stuff that people are less familiar with. Well, a lot of the kids are less familiar with for sure, but it's, that's all the real prophetic end times stuff. So maybe it was intentionally done to have a intentional, like, this is different, or this... Yeah, it does seem... Like, artistic. You know, like how someone would be writing a play, and artistically they'll they'll do something specific intentionally like this and this intention to show like it's a different time or it almost feels like two different books when you're reading it you could you could do like daniel one and daniel two honestly uh because the because there's such the the second half daniel 7 through 12 is its own kind of story it's a different yeah it's it's not even as much of a story, it's it's all of the it's this prophetic experience that Daniel has. Yes, it is a story, where you know the angel comes to him, and uh, you know he's praying and fasting, and and uh, uh, and then we find out about this this um, the angel was delayed in coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have all of this experience. It's a, it's a really fascinating. I mean, it's an amazing <coughs> portion of scripture. Um, but anyway, so that's in Aramaic, mm-hmm. and Aramaic is um, the 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 letters of Aramaic are literally. I mean, they are the same letters. They it looks exactly like Hebrew. So when you're looking at it, it doesn't look different. It looks exactly the same, and many of the words are indeed the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have different. Then but there are sure. variations. It's like when we were younger, and um, well, when I was younger, and I lived in Israel, and I wanted to write letters home to my friends because there was no phone calls and cell phones and internet or anything. Well, there like were that. phone calls, but they were expensive. Well, that's what I mean. Like we, my parents weren't like, sure, call your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what we used to do, or even um, with my friends, we would. Uh, we would write in English, but use Hebrew letters. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. So, like, I was writing English words with Hebrew letters. So, whoever read it or whatever would—it's like it, you're transliterating into Hebrew is what you're doing. But I wasn't writing. I was right. I was using Hebrew letters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like when you write Baruch and you write B A R U C H. You're writing a Hebrew word in English. In English letters. Sure, That's sure. transliteration. It's not translation. It's I transliteration. See. So you were doing the reverse of that. Right. Where you're writing hello or whatever yeah. using Hebrew letters. Right. Yeah. Anyway. That was fascinating. That was a long hello. That's a long shlami. Shlami. Right? What is Shlama? it? Shlama. Right? <laughs> yeah, that, anyway, that was great, That was, <laughs> that was a lengthy yeah, hello. Okay. Yeah. All right, Antonio, what's the question? <laughs> the, the question today is, or right now, is what is your worst habit and what is keeping you from dropping it? Oh. I feel like we answered a question like this. No. Okay. No. Okay. We didn't. Okay. Um, I mean, I think this is a question that I have to internally deal with on a regular basis, and I just put it off. Okay. Because my worst habit would be, um, I would say, was it, restate the question. The question is, what is your worst habit and what is keeping you from dropping it? Oh, okay. Yeah. So my worst habit is procrastination. 
Okay. My worst habit is that I, I. Uh, I think that's a pretty common worst habit. Yeah. I think um, that's why we don't have enough <clears throat> people feel, looking at themselves and saying, I shouldn't procrastinate because so many people procrastinate. It's just like, well, I procrastinated and everyone's like, well, yeah, yeah. The, the thing, it's like this coping mechanism, the very, like, like, like there are things though that like when I, there's something I don't want to do or that I'm overwhelmed by. Or I don't think I know how to do it rather than kind of running at it. I'll sort of set it to the side and kind of focus on what I know how to do. And uh, and then – so that's part of it. But you run at stuff. Like when you – if there's something you don't know how to do, you don't run away from it. No, if there's a problem – now, if, there, if it's a problem, I definitely run at it. I'm like – Here's a pro- or I can see them coming from a long ways away, and I'm like, we got to fix this, or we have to be prepared for this. Like, I'm totally that person where I, I don't understand people who run away from problems because problems are not going to go away. Mm-hmm. They're just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I would like to nail it before it ends up being or contributing serious consequences. So I run at all of those things. That means, though, that my brain never stops working because there's I mean I'm not saying your brain stops working what I mean is like like I never not thinking of how to fix a problem because there's problems everywhere you look right no but well even what you're describing as a brain stop like your brain never stops thinking you know the common usage or language we use today about things like that is compartmentalization and and so what I can do is very much take something that I don't want to deal with mentally and put it in a drawer and close it. And I know that it's there mm-hmm. on some level, but I can put it out of mind. Yeah. Um, and so that's, but I understand my understanding. I remember years ago listening to, um, Oh, I was listening to some audio book. Um, it was like a, like a marriage audio book thing, trying to help men understand the, the way, um, women think. And it and it talked it try it described, it described the mind of a woman like, like um, um a like closet? like no it was like a compu- like on your computer uh-huh. with all the windows open. Oh, that's that's interesting. Right, all the windows open and then computer, and then pop up windows that just keep. Oh me, me? oh. All the pop-up windows just keep coming up. Right. And uh, Yeah, that's actually how my and computer where, works. Like my computer, I can keep... You I, close windows. I, well, not just that. I, I have different... Um, yeah, I've got one thing at a time. Yeah, that I'm doing. afraid I will forget because my memory isn't always the best. So I leave everything <laughs> out there. What's so funny? Well, because you should see her... her. This is an ongoing thing for years between Riv and the boys... Giovanni and Antonio, is her internet browser okay. has, I mean, literally, I bet you 25 to 30 tabs open. Oh, more than that. More. Yeah. More than because that. Because there's a lot of things I'm working on, and will I will not, forget. She will I will truly it. forget. I will forget. And so I leave them open because they are important, and I need to remember to finish them. It's kind of like having a list, like a to-do list. Sure. So I leave that open. And if, because that, like, that feeling you have, like, you like, I put it over here. I remember it's there, but I put it over there. Wherever it's at, it's never not, like, I know 
it's there. And so then I will be, I will have anxiety. Like I have to take care of this. I have to take care of this because what happens if I don't take care of this, Mm -hmm. which is an issue. I understand that. However, I do feel like I accomplish a whole lot and, and do like when we do it the way I'm like, okay, we need to do it like this and we need to head this off and everything. I feel like we are successful. Yeah. So, so, so my thing real quick, I'll answer my question and then you can answer. Cause my thing with, with my procrastination, um, is it's this thing that I have now, I'm, I'm now 48 years old and I have con I'm so conditioned. I've conditioned myself. Mm. Um, I re- like, for instance, to, to do this, that, that like, I remember when I got to college and, um, and thinking, oh man, like, oh, now I'm in college and this is going to be so hard and, and, um, I've got to, and so I got the syllabus early on and I really mapped out how I was going to, how I was going to do it. And, and then when I got through that first semester of college, there were some things that I didn't end up doing to the last minute and I got them done at the last minute. And I succeeded and I got an A. So the next semester, I wasn't as stressed out because now I at least knew the terrain. I knew what to do. So I thought, oh, I'll be okay. And then with each succeeding semester, I I just had more and more confidence that this would all get done, even mm-hmm. if it got done at the last second. And then it did. That was the thing. I put it off and I got it done and it succeeded. Mm-hmm. And but it, it was it the best way you could have succeeded, or was a, it just hey I I made it and I made it well and I scored a good grade so that's good enough. Undoubtedly, see I believe in being the best. Undoubtedly, I don't like it when it's okay to not be the best, but you have to give your best. Right. So you're you know all you're juggling all these things, but yeah yeah I get it. So that's where I developed. I can, in one sense, I conditioned myself, and then I got to grad school, and in, and and had that. I remember being overwhelmed, um, like so. Um, yeah, you certainly don't know how to take small bites of a beast. Like if you're like the elephant, you have to take it, taking small bites. You just see the whole. Well, thing. I yeah. So I got there, and 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 I remember. I remember. I'll never forget reading. Uh, I'm, it's in within the first couple of weeks of school, and uh, I had made one of my new friends who ended up being in my wedding. His name was Ed, um, and I read. And Ed is like, Ed was is a is a brilliant scholar. Ed is like PhD now at University of Virginia, history professor, and yada yada yada. So I read Ed's paper that he's about to turn in, and I've never written a paper for graduate school. And I read his paper, and it is so dense and wordy. And uh, he's, using, he's using language I don't use and I don't understand. I, I, it's like I, trying to read something my dad wrote. Correct. Um, no offense. Uh, no, it's not offensive. <laughs> it means they're highly I, I intelligent. Can't. And so I remember and I turned to this. I turned to someone else, to my left. I'm reading this paper and I turned to the person on my left and I said, um, hey, do you have to write like this at the, to get A's in grad school? And he said, no, no, no. You don't have to use that kind of language. You just have to. You just have to write a coherent, <clears throat> coherent paper. That, and so that was relief. So I had so much anxiety. And then when I succeeded, after I got through that first semester and I succeeded, that took the edge off. And once I got in a rhythm of things, then I, I, I found myself procrastinating. And I've developed this. And, and so I, I just, 
It's just a bad Your habit. Your gifting has created laziness. No, you know what I mean? Like, because I think procrastination is, I, I'm not trying to say you're lazy, but maybe your gifting has created procrastination. No, because, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, because I, when you're not, when you don't need to give your best because you're, you're, um, because you're, you're, you're less not than best, best is better is than, better than everybody else. I think others, there's, not everybody. but you know, okay, I'm talking general now. Yeah. I think that there is a, it's a it's a kind of laziness where and I'm not trying to say you're lazy what I'm just saying is I think emotionally and what you're putting into it you're like well I don't have to it's like to me my perspective it's like going into the kitchen and saying well since my kitchen is cleaner than everybody else's kitchen I don't really have to clean it that well and so to me that means you're not you personally but a person would not wanting to work harder yeah. When for me, I don't care how everybody else's kitchens look. I know I want my kitchen to look nice and be organized and cleaned and everything like that because it is a reflection for me. This is how I think. It is a reflection on me. So whether I'm doing a Passover or I'm, you know, organizing something or whatever, I want it to be the very best because it reflects on me. I don't want to halfway do things because that's right. also and a so, reflection yeah. on me. Well, and that's, yeah. And so that's where, but you know, and, and so that's where for me, the whole idea of even deadlines are so critical for me because like when we, you know how we'll know, okay, we've set a date. This is going to happen. These people are coming over. We need to have this ready by this date. Like when I, when I built the fireplace thing in the front, we'd been waiting and waiting and waiting, but it was like, okay, we set a date it needed to be done before the kids wedding. Deadlines. And then, and so that's where I'm, I've like become conditioned to deal on right. some level. So with you do really deadline. well with deadlines and you wait until that deadline is like really approaching. For me, the deadline could be a year away mm-hmm. and I'm going, okay, I need to work on this now because I don't know what's going to happen between now and the deadline. And I need to make sure that it gets done. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, again. That's my problem thing, though. Like I'm anticipating there are going to be things that come up in the future that could prevent me from accomplishing this. So I need to get this done as soon as possible, to so that if there is a problem, it is not going to affect me getting done what I need to get done. Right. Okay. What was the back half of that question again? And why don't you? Well, what, what's keeping you from dropping it? Uh, well, it works. Me. Well, yeah. no, but it works for you. Right. You can live that way, and there's for you, you don't feel like there's a, a lot of consequences. People who experience terrible consequences learn from them and they stop doing them for the most part. But if it works for you and you're okay with it, then it doesn't matter if it's a bad habit or not, you're just going to continue doing it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think okay. that's about everybody. Yeah, yeah. Not no, no, you. No, no. When not I say you, I'm not one. You mean one. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it. So, um, so restate the question for mom, because that was just me answering it about me. Okay. The question. Oh. It's not super long question, okay. but I know. But the question is, what is your worst habit, and what is keeping you from dropping it? Okay, so you. I have a lot of. But the worst. Equally, I th- I don't know that I have a worst habit. I think that there's a lot of equally poor choices on my part. <laughs> But I would say my worst habit is that um, I I am terrible, <clears throat> and maybe this is a temperament thing or whatever, but I think I'm I'm really terrible with self care, 
and what I mean by that is like like exercise. Okay, so I do not care to exercise. That's not one of the things you run toward. No, definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. It is uncomfortable. It is painful. It is. It's not just painful when you're doing it. It's painful afterwards. And for me, I've never seen like. Like where I run at a problem, I can see the positive results when I've solved that problem. I don't see results in exercise and all that that come fast enough for me to feel like I'm accomplishing something. Right. It's the long game and it's yeah. a painful game. So for me, I would say that um, I should like, I mean, it's important to be healthy. It's important to take care of yourself. It's important to take time for yourself. I think because the way I was raised, um, the culture, especially, well, I would, I would put this towards whether, whether I was, I grew up in a culture of work, 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 or in serve, 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 serve. Um, self-care also feels selfish to me. Like I'm focusing on me. So if I'm taking a day, I always feel guilty. I always feel bad if I'm, I don't eat until everybody else is eating. I don't sleep until I know everybody else is safe in their beds. I don't like, I'm the last person. I would never, ever, ever put my mask on first. I understand that it's like in an airplane situation. I understand that's the important thing to do. And it's probably absolutely the right thing to do. And I don't think that anybody who does that is, I would never like look at them and be like, I can't believe that they put their mask on first. I think that's the right thing to do. But for me, I don't even think about the fact. I'm like, I'm not even like, oh, I need to put my mask on first. It doesn't even occur to me to put my mask on. I'm going to be the person dead on the floor. Mm. So I'll make sure you go to the doctor. I'll make sure the kids go to the doctor. I'll make sure, like, I'm always stressing about everybody else. But I might die of pneumonia in the process. And refuse to go to the doctor. And refuse. Absolutely refuse. That's how come when I was sick with pneumonia, when I got better, I said, okay, you can never listen to me again when I'm sick because I could have died. And in that, I remember my mental thinking, I wasn't concerned about that. I just didn't want to go have to, to, to focus on me at but all. But because you're also... Um, uh What's the word I'm looking for that matches stubborn? Um, you're also stubborn. I, so I'm very strong-willed. <laughs> you're, yeah, that in those moments to get you to do the thing that you need to do, that you know you need to do, that you want to do, but in the moment you don't want to do, is not an easy thing to do. Like Say that again. Like, like exercising. Uh-huh. Like you want to do it. Yeah. And you need to do it yeah. for your own health and... And you're afraid of the long-term consequences of not doing oh it. Oh, my gosh, yes. But in the moment when I go, okay, well, let's do this, then, yeah, yeah it's then it's really, like, truly you're like, boring. Can, that's enough. Like, I don't, I don't like doing things that are boring. Maybe that's why I like problem solving because it's, it's interesting to me. It's like a puzzle. But, but with, um, with, uh, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Yeah, we have dogs whimpering. Well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but with, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> my mind about, just, yeah, we're, you're saying you bored, you get bored exercising. Oh uh, yeah. If it's not something that I find fun, I don't enjoy doing it. My mind will not stay focused on it. My mind has to be challenged. And so I find just like, I honestly, I find housework really boring. I feel like it's really repetitive. Like I keep fixing this. 
why do I have to keep doing this over and over and over again? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I get bored of it super quick. Mm -hmm. And I think I get bored of exercise. Like I could never be in a gym. I find it boring. I, first of all, I've never been in gym. I would never take selfies of myself. I would never exercise in front of a mirror. I don't understand how people enjoy that. I know maybe they like to look and see, am I, or maybe it's meant to be like, it's for am form. I doing this correctly? It's for form. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm sure right. there's vanity But I'm just looking in the well. mirror like, oh gosh, that's just, who, who wants to see that? Right. And I just want to leave. Well, uh, yeah. Now I, most of my life, I hated exercise, right? I mean, I was like, and I'm not, I'm not in the moment, I'm. I'm not. I'm not been doing it as much as I need. You're better to. at it than I am, though. But I always hated it. I was like, hey, you know that thing. No pain, no gain. I would always just say, no pain, no pain. Right. You know that was sort of, and uh, but what I found was, uh, is that when I got past that, first of all, if I didn't overdo it at first, so that I did the, the that the aftermath, the soreness wasn't so painful that it was a deterrent. Some people like the pain, though. I don't like the pain. But there are people that but do. I don't. It feels like they're accomplishing but something. Once, but when you begin to experience the, the results, which takes mm -hmm. a little bit of time. Yeah. But when you begin to feel the energy that you didn't have, when you feel actual strength in your body that you didn't know you could feel before. Mm -hmm. Like you like when you when you see someone walking around that's super muscular, they feel that. There there's a muscularity that they feel. Mm -hmm. And um, just like when you're not muscular you, and you're walking around, but, you can feel But you don't that. know that. I didn't know that. You um, didn't know that you could feel your lack of muscular no, I just felt like normal. Like like even when I was thin. Oh, I knew. I like, know. I'm I was not always normal. I was always thin as a kid. Not always, but I was. Um, you know, I had those junior high years where I wasn't. But yeah. Then, but I was thin. But I wasn't. I wasn't in shape. I would work out. I you know I had I had spurts of exercise where I would work out for a month or something like that, but never over the course of a year or years. And once I developed a pattern in my life of of a half hour a day at least, half hour to an hour of, of exercise, um, that it transformed the way I felt. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so then that became itself its own incentive, um, that, that, uh, that feeling. But I had to push through. So it's, it's a different level of procrastination. It's a different level of running from the thing you don't want to do because it's sure. uncomfortable and because... Um, so it's the same kind of thing. What what is it that keeps us from doing it? Is it's will, isn't it? Like I don't want to. At yeah. the end of the day, it's it's at the end of the day, it's the reason I don't do the things. Right, but for me, it's not just exercise. It's I do this with everything. So for the for there was a <clears throat> a small period of time where. I was getting my hair done, but for the most part, I've always cut my own hair. I've always dyed my own hair. I, I, you know, the boys got me because my muscles are so hard from, you know, stress and <clears throat> carrying stuff like that. The boys get me like a... Got you the massage, The massage membership or whatever, and I didn't go. Like, I, 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 they would be scheduled, and then I would cancel them or have to reschedule them because I just wasn't going. Mm -hmm. Like, I... I just do this across the board. Right. Right. And I think, I think, uh, 
So anyways, I think I think that someone it's okay to take care of yourself. It's Absolutely. okay. And maybe that has there's like a whole deeper psychological issue there. I don't know. But I have found like when I recognize I would say one of my problems is since I recognize problems with myself is I should take better care of myself. I yeah. don't want to die young. Mm-hmm. And you hit a certain age where you need to. So I guess in the same way you kind of like halfway do the job. I because I've been able to just kind of coast on, well, I'm young or, well, I'm getting away with this and this is okay and everything yeah. until that doesn't work anymore. And, I, right. and I've hit that place in the last several years of that doesn't work anymore. Right. And where so. it's just going to get, yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, um, well, you, we were talking about this the other day with, uh, um, uh, with pest control. I had stopped our pest control. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's ants and this kind of thing. Crickets and... And and Riv says to me, hey, if we don't get ahead of that... We are going to have an infestation. So, like, if it's something we put off, then we have an infestation. And the cleaning out of it becomes a much, much bigger deal... Right. That what's the old phrase? If you if, if you're either going to pay now or you're going to pay later. Right. The, the, there was a phrase I heard. Uh, I remember I learned in Napa. This is the first time I ever heard it, but apparently it's an old phrase that says, uh, "An ounce of prevention is is worth a pound of cure." Like if you do something in advance, you only have to do an ounce, and it's worth a pound of what it would take to do the after the aftermath. And so it's like if you um, if you stay in if you stay in front of it but part of the problem becomes we get we condition ourselves with what we can just feeling like i don't know it's it's this it it just you have this feeling like you're juggling so many things and you're having to make choices and right and so the one thing for me that i don't choose is me because i find everybody else and i do believe this is more important. I'm not saying I'm not important, but but I in my list of priorities, you, the kids, the ministry, right. other people, uh, have a higher importance. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, but the reality is though that if you, I mean, in principle, and you understand it in principle, that when you're your best version of you, that the benefit to your family and your children in that regard is is also they experience the 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 overflow of that so for instance when i got healthy um it affected there's an overflow of mm-hmm. impact of that um um on my family and uh but it can feel that way it's, you know sort of love your neighbor as yourself which the idea is you do love yourself yeah um and and the way that you love yourself will also affect the it can affect the way that you look but, at others too. Yeah, but I think if everybody put everybody else first, That'd they'd be also be first because somebody would be putting them first. Agreed. So what happens is is that you have whether it's a mom or women or and when I guess, but in my experience I experienced this with women where we're constantly putting others first or and then it's not reciprocated and so then you end up poorly yeah you know and so you i guess then you have to yeah you end up drained and potentially um one day you wake up and go wait a second and it's it's uh, and there can be resentment that's that's uh, that's yeah. there it's it's about doing doing the things that we're supposed to do in balance you know it's funny this year so so when i was in um it's a good thing. I remember when when um, when Rivka and I were first married, 
her dad was my professor. Um, and he was one of, he was, he was my favorite professor when I was in grad school, but he was also, his workload was one of the more rigorous workloads. And so you never took, like for me, I remember one time having a friend who took three Gannon classes and thinking, are you out of your mind because of the amount of reading he required and the amount of writing that you were going to have to do? It was a lot of work. Now, you were going to get an amazing education right. and out of it. And that was his goal. And he that was his goal. He always said they're paying for an education. They need to get so, a good education. Correct. And I, and no, and I, and I, and I remember being in other classes going in with great expectations and being so disappointed. Um, and those classes were often easy, but I didn't get much out of them. Anyway, that's it roundabout way so we're married now and uh and so i'm seeing I'm, I'm talking to him at the end of one semester um and and different different students have asked for extensions on their papers now i'm probably in my i'm definitely in my second year going in my third year of graduate school so i've gone through i've done college and now i'm in my graduate work i've never known never had a moment's thought that you could ask for an extension on a paper. So I had these hard deadlines. And, and that deadline drove me. But then when I found about, I was like, thank God I didn't know about extensions. Right. Because right? then your dad taught me about <clears throat> filing tax extension. I didn't know that existed either. So I thought April 15th was your drop dead day for your taxes then i learned back in those days it was august 15th and then october 15th and wouldn't you know you took both extensions i took i mean i could count on i I mean i probably over the course of 25 years have done the taxes by april 15th maybe maybe three or four times october 15th was typically my my final date. And I thought, oh, I have the whole summer to do it. I've got, oh, now I just delay it and I'll get it done. But you don't know and I got the whole what's summer. coming and up then that I, summer. And then I get it done on October 15th because October 15th was the date. Now, wouldn't you know, this year, mm-hmm. I did it on time. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. But anyway. So anyway. It's what we condition ourselves to do. And sometimes we have to make some choices. Yeah. To I mean, some, yeah. We have to set our will to right. break those but the patterns. question that, yeah so anyway so that answers those questions and i think i've got lots of terrible habits that was just one of them yeah but those that's kind of a spider webbing habit you know and i think about you know we because our it's interesting our backgrounds are such that our parents functioned in very different ways so you have one your parents were like workaholics and both my parents yeah, absolutely. and and which and, i don't think is a terrible thing sure yeah. and 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 my dad and my dad worked hard you know my dad also he went to yale and he worked very diligently but mm-hmm. my dad said would go son why worry about it well one thing at a yeah, time yeah we come from very different one thing at a time. very different because <laughs> i'd start to stress out he said he'd, he'd <clears> want to <throat> relax me and say what? He'd hold his, put his fingers together. What do you worry about it? And so that's the voice yeah. in my head. That's fun. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're, the voice in your head like, is, go, is it's go. never enough? Well, no, it's not that it's never enough. No, it's not that it's never enough. I feel like that um, my parents were really hard workers. Mm-hmm. 
my mom, you could not find dust in the house. Like she was a really, really hard worker. I remember friends coming over. I didn't know because it was our norm. I remember though, kids walking around and checking. And one of the kids said to me, do you realize like there is no dust anywhere in your home? And I was like, oh really? Wow. You know, because my mom was like, made sure that everything was perfectly done. And my dad and, and, and they're very successful. My parents, they've accomplished a great deal. But when we have vacationed, we vacation and we traveled and we saw the world and, you know, so I felt like that's a, like, if you want to accomplish things and it doesn't matter if it's your house, it doesn't matter what it is. Now, have I succeeded? Oh, absolutely not. There's so much more discipline than I will ever be. Um, I think my mom's biggest frustration with me when I was younger was how slow I was. She would just always be like, oh my gosh, over here, so slow, you know? (laughs) She'd move in ahead of me like, okay, let me just do it kind of a thing. But um, yeah, but I don't think it's about never enough. I think it's about giving your best. And there's very little time to accomplish what you're needing to accomplish in the time that we're here. And I think it's very easy when you have the mindset of, it'll happen or no, whatever it, 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 yeah and it, it, that mindset gives me anxiety sure i feel much more comfortable knowing like my dad my brothers and i will joke about how my dad will go 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 because that's what i hear in my yeah. head but it's not a mean go it's a let's go we're gonna do this that's how okay so when we first got married we would go on vacation and i'd be like okay let's plan out the vacation let's have an itinerary of where we're gonna go and what we're gonna do and you were like why that's not let's decide each day let's just take each day or whatever and what happened was the first time we went on vacation that happened everybody else made plans for us we were on everybody else's terms we were meeting people that we didn't want to meet but your parents wanted us to meet because we didn't have any plans so we didn't ever do what we wanted to do we were doing what everybody else wanted us to do and so after that forevermore you're like yeah yeah yeah. let's make an itinerary so that we actually can do and accomplish what we want to and so i i think of life in those terms you don't so there's that that's why god gave me you right if you agree to (laughs) do what i say most of the time you're like look it's fine and blah 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 and i'm like (laughs) everything's falling apart so yeah you know it's funny like i you know i've told that story before but you know when i was in high school and um and i came home and i was in i was in this uh dual enrollment college biology class and i i'd gotten a 98 on a test i got a 98 on a biology test and um Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I didn't get a 98 on a biology test. It was a 98 on a different kind of test. And so then, now these are two different stories I was blurring together. There was one where I had a 98 on a test, and my dad said, says to me, why didn't you get 100? And I was like, because I missed one, Dad. You know, like, I missed one. He always wanted me to be my best, particularly academically. Academically was sort of like, like, if you talked to my father, he would say, He'd ask you about school. It was always about school, and um, and then, but then one time, I in my college biology class, I got a B. That's what happened. I got a B in that class. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and and my dad says, and because biology, ugh, my uh, parents would have thrown a party. If I, I did not. A B. <laughs> I did not like biology, and so my dad said, I, the amount of time I had to study 
to do well in biology was I didn't think worth worth it. So I would um, I got a B, and he said, you know, why'd you get a B? And I was like, because Dad, I'm like I've got I'm trying to. You know, I play baseball, and I want to. I want to have a social life, and I want to do this and that. And I was like, I want to have balance in my life, and uh, and that was sort of what I was, what I was uh, after. And and so I had him on that one side, on one level, saying, "Why worry about it?" But then always challenging me. I think the Lord degree. wants us to be our best. I don't think that us not being our best makes us less. And then than. I had my mom's voice going, "You're so smart, 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 smart." smart yeah, smart. yeah. <laughs> Anything you did was just, it wasn't even just fine with your mom. Anything that you did was the best. You are the best. Even if you strike out every single time in your little league game, your mom's like, I still think you were the best out there. Yeah. So together. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't get that from our parents, my brothers and I. We didn't get you're the best. Well, they were proud of us, but in Greek culture, you don't, and in Italian culture as well, you didn't get compliments from your dad. Not from my father. No. He would talk to other people about me. Yeah. But he would never talk to me about me. Right. They would always There's tell this, me. There's this fear of blowing uh, your head Yeah, up. he would, he would, he didn't want me to get the big A head. A big head, right. Yeah. So our cultures in that regard uh, didn't do that. Yeah. I think we're, uh, we've, we're at 40 minutes. Yeah. 40 minutes on that topic. All right. Well. I think that's it. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Yep. Take a break today. Relax. And even if it's after Father's Day, find some time. Do the best you can for Father's Day. And every day while you have it. All right. <laughs> yep. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shalom, shalom. Have a beautiful day.